You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick and today it's my pleasure to be in conversation with Alex Swallow. Now, Alex is the guy who sent me an email and said, you might really like to have Robbie Swale to the coaching in. And as you well know, we've had Robbie a couple of times and you'll be very interested to know that Robbie and I have actually met in real life and gone for a walk. So I just said to Alex, why don't you come to the coaching in? So Alex, your business has been called, is called the influence expert. And now you're trained as a coach. So welcome. Thank the coaching you. in. Thank you so much, Claire. It feels almost surreal to be taking part rather than listening. So it's lovely to be here. That's good. And I think you had something to do with the podcast that I lasted with Robbie. I think you'd sent him some questions, hadn't you? Yeah. I mean, I love that it's lovely to hear that you've actually met a Robbie and gone for a walk with him too. I've I've been a part of Robbie's community for a couple of years and I've known him for a while. Um he's fantastic. So I'm pleased that if you've got to know him at all through me, that's amazing. And it's always lovely to connect good people. If he knows more about your work as well, that's also fantastic. Yeah, and it, he just suddenly said in conversation that he'd recently moved to the area. So, yeah, so. Wow, I knew he'd moved, but I didn't realize that meant he'd move somewhere near you. That's exciting. He has, super exciting. Yes, watch out world, Worcestershire. <laughs> has got things to say about coaching. <laughs> it's going to be the new hub of the coaching universe, Claire. There we go. I think it is. So, Alex, tell us a bit about your journey as the influence expert and what led you to coaching? Thank you. Yeah, so my, my background is really in the charity sector. I've worked as an intern for a couple of members of parliament. I studied politics at university. Um, I became a chief executive in the charity sector. And then when I went freelance, I set up a business helping people to grow their influence, both online and offline. And gradually, gradually, I've been hearing more about this thing called coaching through various means. And I think particularly through the work that Robbie's been doing, because I've known him for a while, and particularly through him having people on his excellent podcast, I've learned more about the sector and I've just decided I want to get involved, basically. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you just finished training, I think. That's right. Um, yeah. So I finished the taught part of the um, the Barefoot Coaching Program, mm. um, which has been incredible. Um, I've actually got a mental coaching session this Wednesday. So there's a few bits and bods to tie up. But the main part of the coaching finished just a little bit before Christmas, which wow. was a lovely thing to finish for part of the te teaching part of the program. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a wonderful journey really enjoyed wow. it. Wow. So what are your hopes? Well, I was thinking you might ask me this question. And <laughs> I, I think the best answer I can give is that I'm taking my time to decide. Um, I think I, I'm a really ambitious person. And I think that one of the things that I've tried to do in the last couple of years is to slow down a little bit and to think about where I can add most value. 
and to build I'd like to build a coaching practice where I can add most value and also where I can just have a great working life um you know that's so important to me and I've I've done a number of things like live in other countries while I worked, which has been fantastic. Mm. And so I really want to take the time. And despite the fact I've got all these ideas in my head, I don't want to jump into things so quickly, but I haven't thought a little bit about what it is that I really want to make a contribution to. Wow. Wow. Good for you. (laughs) So something emergent. Yeah, I I think so. And I, I think also like, uh, in terms of my work with with influence the reason why I started to do that is because in the different things that I've been doing the different jobs and voluntary roles I'd had I realized that they coalesced around this idea of influence and I like to help other people gain influence and it could be in any context whether it's helping the constituent of an MP get the things that they wanted to working with vulnerable people in the charity sector or all sorts of things I've done and so all of a sudden I realized I had what I call golden threads running through my work, but I hadn't noticed at the time. And I'm sure you've seen that. And Mm -hmm. I'm beginning to do the same in the coaching space and realizing maybe where I can help a little bit. Brilliant. So as you well know, (laughs) one of the biggest anxieties or angsts of coaches is how to become better known. So if you put your influence expert hat on, what would you like our listeners to hear or think about? Oh, see, we we haven't spoken about in advance about questions you can give me, but that's pretty much, you know, if I could have given you one to ask me, Claire, that would have been it. That's That's beautiful. I think really the most important thing is not to put themselves under more pressure. So, um, I've just finished your brilliant book about simplifying coaching. And I think one of the key messages that I get from that is that people should try not to put themselves under pressure. Yeah. And it's the same when I think about personal branding or whether people want to get their name out there is that it shouldn't be another thing on the to-do list. It shouldn't be another thing to provoke anxiety. It should be something that is as organic as possible. So, for example, it isn't about people being on every platform out there. Um, It isn't about them really niching their work down if they don't want to. They can be as generalist as they like. All it's really about is working out over time what they want to contribute to the world and how they can communicate that to other people. Mm. That's what I think it's about in essence to me. And I wonder how they can notice whether there are other people who'll do it for them. Yeah, that's also that's also a really good point. I think, you know, you don't need to be every And in fact, on your conversation with Robbie on his podcast, you were talking about some of those things that you don't need to be a specialist in every single area. And so I think that there's aspects that people can get to do things for them. For example, they can get support with social media, they can get support with their website. But there's also aspects that they can just discount if it doesn't work for them. What I think is a real shame is when people are so put off from this idea of personal branding and so worried about putting themselves out there. But essentially, there's fantastic, there's people who are fantastic coaches 
but who are almost kept secret. And then there's other people who are very good at shouting about themselves and what they do. And I'm not thinking of specific people. This happens in every industry, not just mm. the coaching industry. But it means that people who need coaches are potentially missing out on brilliant people who just don't like blowing their own trumpet, find this whole thing a little bit cringeworthy. And, and that's kind of the barrier I want to break down is that you make it work for you, not you have to follow a certain way of doing things. I know you've just spoken to a significant proportion of our listeners, Robbie. <laughs> so what's your advice to them? Uh, yeah, the most important thing really is that what they really need to do is to think carefully about how it is, how it is that they want to be seen out there in the world. By which I mean... We all have a personal brand, whether we like it or not. So somebody can say, I don't have a personal brand because I'm not on X platform, but your personal brand is someone who isn't on X platform. So actually you have a personal brand. So I don't think people have a choice about having a personal brand. I described it, I was speaking at something at a university recently and I described it like, if you're a hermit in the woods, your personal brand would be because it doesn't mean that just because you have a personal brand that that personal brand needs to be something particularly jazzy but we all have that brand so because I believe we all have that brand I'd rather that people controlled it rather than not they controlled it in the sense that they think about how other people perceive them and we all do that as we go through the day anyway this is just on a bigger scale so I'd say relax about what it is how big you want your brand to be relax about how you get it out to other people but think about how you can control it or contain it a bit in a way that helps you so that's why I always used to go to the ICF conferences in trainers right yeah so I think a personal brand is really about being authentic so in the example of you wearing the trainers people would have really appreciated you being authentic and they would have appreciated that that you're almost giving other people permission to be themselves. So Mm. really with a personal brand, it isn't about trying to fit in with the herd. In fact, that's pretty much the worst thing you can do. It's about being authentic, presenting yourself in the way that you want to, but just understanding that however you do that will be perceived by people in a particular way. Oh, it's so nice to have you here because you've just given me me permission that that I never have to think about wearing any other kind of shoe. I love trainers too. (laughs) It is actually to do with feet and discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mine too. I, uh, maybe this is too personal, but I, um, I have very small feet, but also very flat feet. So I wear, I actually wear my trainers down um, at a crazy angle and need to replace them quite frequently. So having comfortable footwear is very important to me too. Good. Glad to hear it. (laughs) So there's something about controlling or containing it. There's something about not feeling that we have to follow the herd. And I think that some dog walkers who've been listening to this have just cheered, Alex. So what else? What else do we need to do? I think what you need to what people need to do as well is to to really just take the time to think about what's important to them. So a personal brand isn't something that's static. 
it's not that we have to take the decision just once that because we have a personal brand and we believe it's in a certain way that that will be it forever but we need to just take a little bit of time to think about that Mm. and I think probably as coaches especially if we're people who have coaches ourselves which hopefully many coaches do we do compared to maybe the general population um, have a bit of space to be self-reflective about who we are and how we want to show up and it's taking that time but I think it's really important so there's a real authentic integrity be yourself bit here yeah absolutely absolutely and of course you know I'm not saying that there won't be situations in which we have to um, adapt our personal brand or fit in with other people so there might be certain norms that when you were going to that conference for example that you might still have worn something that was reasonably smart but you wore your trainers as well they were black oh they were black oh okay then (laughs) well even even smarter then But my point is not that we should just, you know, the world should sort of bend itself to our whims or we don't need to think about the way that we'll be perceived by other people in a more general sense. Um, It's just that we have choices. And when we're crafting something as important as our personal brand, we should really get to make choices. It would be really sad to me if we all had to do the same thing as everyone else. I think that is such a beautiful open the window statement. And I think that I hope that new coaches who are listening today will recognize that actually you don't have to follow the crowd um, because it's actually quite hard to market something that's the same as everything else, isn't it? Completely. And also, I think, especially with coaching in a way that might be less for at least some other professions, is that I think when you're authentic as a coach and you communicate that through your brand, um, then that's really appealing to the people who might, you might want to work with you, to be honest. Um, because the way I see it, and this is coming from a very new coach perspective, but if the person in front of me as my coach seems inauthentic um, and not in the sense that they obviously have to be perfect or have everything worked out, but just in, in the way in which they, they want to show up as themselves. If they can't do that at all, then it would be hard for me to have the confidence perhaps to do that myself when I was going mm-hmm. to a session with them. So I think there's, there's magic in that. Yeah. You're just describing one of the chapters in my new book. <laughs> I really have read it very recently. So that might be in my mind. <laughs> no, no, this is. Oh, this your is new the next book. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. Thought- I see. I thought you meant because you talk and you've spoken very much about, I think, you know, that kind of in your book, in Simplifying Coaching, the way in which you talk about the relationship between the coach and the coachee. And also, I know you also use the word thinker, the word coachee itself can be difficult. But I think there's really something in that, in an equality there. And so if you're not going to show up as a coach authentically and your personal brand was somehow inauthentic, then how can you show up to a session with the person that you're working with and how can they build that sense of trust and rapport with you? Mm, Absolutely. I mean, the new book's about being human. Wow. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I had an in-real-life meal last week with some coaches that we've been training 
And one of them said, oh, Claire, the thing that you've missed out of your list of what's in the book is integrity. And this morning I got a lovely email from one of them. Thank you, Deborah. Shout out for you. Who said who said that she thought that integrity was the thing that brought together all the things about being human and that if we can't be human with integrity, we're not being human, which I thought was beautiful. That's really so, amazing. November 2023. It will be out. Exciting. I didn't realize I didn't realize there was a firm date. I knew you had a new book coming up. That's fantastic. If you scour the back end of Amazon, it's listed, but as it doesn't have a cover, it's not on pre-order yet. (laughs) Just the word. So I'm not going to tell you the title so that you can't find it in the back of Amazon. But as soon as the cover's nailed in the next few weeks, uh, it will it will be on pre-order and then we'll do a big thing. We'll probably have a podcast and tell everybody about it. But I'm very excited because it actually connects to everything that you said so far today which is about being you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the really, the, it's so important for me to, to get across to your listeners as well, that, you know, it's kind of like with me now trying to figure out what kind of coach that I want to be. Um, I'll have some ideas. I'll try some things. Some of it will land and some of it won't. So when people are crafting their personal brand, they'll learn through the doing and they'll learn over time. You know, Mm. this isn't something static. You know, I suppose the scary thing for some people is it almost you need to sort of put your flag in the ground, stake your claim and say, this is who I am. This is how I want to show up. And you can do that in a big way or a small way. But over time, you can really develop that and think about that because we're all growing and learning as people. There's no way that we work out our personal brand and that's it. Mm. Yeah. So you've read my book. What's your advice to me, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think firstly, just keep on keep on doing more of what you're doing, Claire. I mean, um, I must say, as you know, especially as a new coach, I find your work extremely valuable. Um, I I, I think for me, I I sort of I had a a question around the book that perhaps I can I can put back to you, which might be a, a quick so one of the things that I was wondering is when you first got involved in coaching and I know when you were first doing it you didn't even necessarily think of it as coaching and then you realized it was and you more formally became a coach but one of the things I was wondering is you've spoken about simplifying coaching not just through your book but through a lot of your work but what are the main reasons that you think people make coaching or have made coaching less simple than it should be well how long have you got (laughs) (laughs) as long as you want to have me on your podcast now you can invite me back if you like (laughs) let's go I love we've just turned the tables uh that was very artful Alex if I may say so um I think that because it's a monetizable business the more complex I make it the more I can kind of metaphorically copyright my bit and get other people to buy it and the more bells and whistles I can put on it and the more sessions I can tell you that you have to have with me because you can only get that very very special thing from me and not from anybody else so I think you can I think you can stretch out a coaching relationship 
by adding complexity to it. I, 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 did I tell this story in the book or I might have said it on another podcast about the woman who came to me years and years ago and she was interviewing two coaches. So she interviewed me and she interviewed a coach in Australia and he offered her what was then a thousand pounds or a thousand dollar program over a year. And I said, let's have one session and then work out what else we need to do. So she went with him. And sometime after the year program, uh, she reconnected with the person who'd referred her to me, who said, did you get did you get coaching from Claire? And she said, no, I didn't. And um, my friend said, oh, that's interesting. How did the coaching go? And she said, oh, I loved it. And then my friend said, uh, what do you know now that you didn't know before? You know, what have you got out of it? Has it has it addressed the thing that you took to coaching? At which point she remembered the thing that she'd taken to coaching and she went, no. So she then comes back. So my friend said, well, why don't you get in touch with Claire again? So she got in touch with me and she said, I haven't got any money left. And I thought, well, I'll give you 10 minutes. And I asked her a question and she said, that's unlocked it. Thank you so much. And I thought, you paid that other bloke a thousand pounds for this program and it didn't do the business. And I just asked you one question in about four and a half minutes and it's changed everything. But for me, actually, I'm really proud of doing that work. Yeah. But what it does is it, it makes me annoyed that that all sorts of shiny things are sold in the name of coaching that don't actually do the unlocking that coaching can do so brilliantly. I, 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 lo- I love that. I love that story. Um, I, I mean, I, part of the reason I, I was just, I was just cur- generally curious what you were going to respond in terms of why people make it more complicated, but I, I asked it to you as well. So it would give me a bit of a clue about, advice I could give you about your personal brand ah and because the advice that I'd give you and I think that you're already doing this so much because I follow you on LinkedIn and and on Twitter is that I think that your book on simplifying coaching you've made it into a very comprehensive book which means that it's really worthwhile people buying but there's so many chunks in there. There's so many nuggets of wisdom. I, I found myself thinking almost that I needed to put stickers in it or something. But I was like, oh, if I just knew that thing, then that would make a huge difference to my coaching. Oh, oh no, no. But maybe that thing's the most important. Oh, wait a sec. Claire's told me something else. And there were so many brilliant things. So for me, I almost think, and I know, as I say, you do this already. But I think you're a person who's known for simplifying coaching. But I also think that the more simple your message can be, as a new coach, just hearing there's this very experienced coach who is giving me permission to keep things simple is a really wonderful thing to have. Mm. That is so useful. And can I tell you, Alex, that before the book, there was a set of visual images with uh very short phrases on that that were the kind of pre-book book so after this podcast if you send me your address alex i will send you the pictures as a thank you for that little freebie that you just gave me 
that's very kind. Yes, please. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I, I, I think, I think really there's kind of what, what I love about one of the things I love about your book and about your work is I, I would say that it's one of the things that I've struggled most coming into coaching. And it's kind of the idea of, of paradox, which is that I, in order for you to get to a place that you can speak about coaching in such powerful terms and to simplify it for the rest of us, I wonder whether you needed to have done all that work and made the mistakes yourself. So, you know, we're lucky to have that and we can learn from you and there'll be other coaches who can teach us things too. But do you think you needed to have made the mistakes and sort of complicated coaching more than it needed to be first to get to that? That is such a good question. I think I needed to make the mistakes, but I don't think that I needed to tolerate the complexity that I was told I had to have. That's a brilliant answer. That makes sense. Oh, thank sense. you very much. <laughs> no, that, that makes an awful lot of sense because I was, I was wondering before we were coming to this conversation that, you know, I know you're a person who doesn't like to be put up on a, on a pedestal and I'm certainly not doing that. But it seems to me that you... Um, you definitely have a knack for, um, for, for, for getting, to, getting to the real meat of the matter. Um, and so one of the things I'm really curious about, um, you know, as I'm learning coaching myself and I'm trying to become a better coach is, you know, how much I can replicate that when that might not be my natural disposition, but also I want to give it my own flavour. Yeah, of I course. Want, I want to take... I want to take all those good things, but also give it my own flavor. And so I was wondering how you got to that position of strength, basically. Well, I only realized that that was my strong suit in the last three or four years because my daughter was given some feedback at work about how she was able to talk about complicated things simply. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, is that what I do? <laughs> Oh, that's great. And I think I think it, it's it's a gift to the world. So I talked to a, an aspiring new coach last week and um, she said the whole thing is just I just don't know how to choose because it's also complicated. So I just said, well, shall I just download some of the simple things that might be useful to think about? And she went, yeah. So I did in probably five minutes. She said, oh, now I understand. Now, I'm not sure she's going to choose to come and train with us. Mm. But now she knows why she's not going to train with us and she knows why she might train with somebody else because she's made an informed choice. But I think that we can make, we can begin to feel that complexity is, is, um, it's seductive because you think, oh, they're very clever, aren't they? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I pride myself in having had a third class degree and, and have always seen myself as not very clever. But now, actually, I think that it depends what you think clever is, doesn't it? Oh, hugely so. And also, you know, and this could definitely, we could get, you talk about so many things here, but also it's, um, you know, it's something about, you also speak in the book about, power dynamics for example between the coach and the person they're coaching and you know I I was wondering if part of your your answer 
um, about why people complicate it. At the level of the individual coach, there's, the th there's obviously the thing about then they can justify the prices, but also if people can keep a sort of mystique around it, um, it can mean that almost like in the coaching sector, some people's voices are going to be listened to more than others. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that can be um, sort of almost like the usual suspects so that a sector becomes is, is less diverse than it could otherwise be. And I, I've done a bit of work on diversity in the charity sector because I founded an organisation supporting young people to join charity boards. So I've done work around board diversity. And I, I think that sort of gatekeeper function almost is, is another thing. So if you didn't see yourself as clever in that sort of narrow conventional sense, someone puts those ideas in their mind, maybe for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But complexity annoys me now. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I think, can you say that in a way? Because I think that it's quite exclusive. And I yeah. think that actually let's describe and let's explain things in a way that people can understand. Now, I need to say to you that if I'm trying to explain something, so this lovely new book that I'm writing, I've, I'm writing it with, with a, a, a friend, coach, and uh, I just read through half of it and thought, that's really complicated. It doesn't make any sense. And I know that by the time we submit it, the publisher, it will make sense. But it's had to become it, it. It had to be complicated in order to be able to become simple. Yeah. And I think the art is to keep refining. And there's um there's an advert that keeps coming out on Facebook, probably because I keep talking about simplifying writing by a company. I think they're called Elevate, and they they do a little online course to get you to write simply, and yeah. to take superfluous words out of sentences. So when I do my when I when I go back through my writing, I'm going, actually, what does this sentence actually mean? And how many words can I take out so that it actually makes sense simply? But I can't do that the first time round. The first time round, it's very wordy. Uh, it's, it's such it's such a good point. Like, I, I can remember that, you know, and this is probably something I shouldn't sort of um, <laughs> I shouldn't admit. But I remember sometimes when I was at university that there might be a book that I hadn't understood so so well um, on my politics course. Um, if I hadn't understood it well, then I would probably write a more wordy essay because I would try to, in some small way, I'm sure they saw through it, but disguise <laughs> the fact that I didn't, you know, really understand it very well. Yeah. Whereas actually, if I really understood it well, then I'd write about it in very plain terms because I would have distilled the essence in, of what it was about and my feelings about it. In yeah. a different way. Um, In yeah. Interesting, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it takes courage to be simple and it also takes it takes work. Um, but I think there's also a huge thing about where does our status come from and, and how do we want people to perceive us? And if I want people to think I know what I'm doing... Maybe I do be a little bit complicated because it looks as though I then do know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely, I completely think so. But you see, actually, without even thinking about it, you've given a perfect example here of of a personal brand because 
what you're doing is I would say that the prevailing you know sort of uh, way in which people would do things in our society is perhaps to overcomplicate yeah but for your work you've you've already written a book on this literally written a book on this but you're trying to find ways to get even better at, at expressing things in a simple way and so I think for your listeners and for all new coaches that's really good advice because you're doing something that is not only really useful to people but makes you stand out just by the fact that you're doing it and you care about it and you don't want to be more wordy you want to be less Mm. and then that allows the other person to do the work of course which is where the the simplifying coaching things comes from absolutely and you know that's really something I've learned on on my course is that I think and you might have experienced it through this is I kind of work out what I'm thinking um sort of as I'm saying it like through speaking about it and I'm getting thing I'm getting better at through coaching is I need to sometimes take a pause and think about it a little because otherwise what ends up is that I ask the person I'm coaching a very long question that might have an essence of something good in there somewhere but has too many parts for it to be of any value to them (laughs) yeah that's when but don't do this more than once in a session Alex you can say let me just think out loud for a minute, which, <laughs> which, is, which is code for, in the end, this will be a question, but right now it's a stream of consciousness. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be contracting for that at the beginning if I did that, Claire. But just don't do it in every in every. No, absolutely thing. not. But there's something, isn't there, about control, though? Yeah. Because because we want to be in control and actually we don't need to be in control. And one of the things that I'm learning is I think there's a moment in every coaching conversation where the transformational bit happens. You can't predict it. You don't know when it's going to be and you don't know what you're going to do to make that happen. Yeah. But actually the rest is just padding, which, which you need to be able to get to that moment but in the end the thing that's remembered is the thing that comes out of the transformational moment completely and I actually think if I had to pick one thing from your book that was my favorite it was the story of a person who you were coaching I think they maybe even traveled a distance to get to you <laughs> yes after 20 minutes I think you covered the 20 minute man or so after 20 minutes they'd reached where they needed to get to at that particular point and you gave them permission to go into a cafe or something with some pens and a pad and that to me is beautiful because if I was that person in that situation I could feel how much I'd have wanted you to do that for me too and I justified my fee by giving by giving him a very posh packet of pens I gave him my pens and my paper. <laughs> oh, sorry. If you do a, when you do your next version of the book, I'd like you to put that bit of it in. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he didn't have he didn't have what he needed to go to the cafe, and I felt like he should have resources, so I gave him the pens, <laughs> and they were very posh pens. I won't do an advert on on the show but I I have always used the same pens for work and I am I yeah I became one pack down (laughs) (laughs) it was just it was just such a lovely story because I could really imagine myself in that person's position and it was 
what what I thought was so special about that dynamic was one that you had for bravery to let them do that um and you know that you didn't have to have sort of ownership over all over that whole time that you'd you were going to spend with them but also I just thought it was fascinating how you could really feel as you described it how that person was given power now that person may have been quite senior you know that person may be very accomplished in what they're doing but in a particular dynamic when you're coaching somebody you can choose to take away the power and you can choose to share the power in the way that you described and I just love the way that it felt that you were giving that person power. Yeah, because we have to share. Wow, what an interesting conversation we're having, Alex. Love it. Pages of notes here. Yeah? I shall be listening to my own podcast. So, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice as we begin to wrap this up, of all the things that you've said, or it might be something else, what? What is the one thing that you'd want to encourage them today as they're listening? I think the, the, the biggest thing I'd say is that what I mentioned earlier is that we all have a personal brand, whether we want one or not. Mm. So it's not about having a, pers- a perfect personal brand. It's not about setting it and deciding it, you know, having that forevermore. It's just about making a start. And I know that there'll be people listening to this who are brilliant coaches, but not getting to the people that they should be getting to because they're scared of showing themselves with the world. And I would say, just make a start. It's not going to be perfect, but make a start and and you'll make a difference to your own life and all the people you're going to be working with and helping. Show yourself to the world. What a great thing that is to finish with, Alex. Thank you. And how do people get in touch with you, Alex Swallow, the influence expert and aspiring coach? So <laughs> I think that um, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. I'm, I'm pretty active on there. Yeah. Um, my website is just theinfluenceexpert.com, theinfluenceexpert.com. Um, I've also, just one thing I mentioned, but there's a free book on influence on my website that people might find of interest. But generally, because I need to update my websites, now I'm, I'm doing a lot more coaching. LinkedIn would be the way to go. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. So Alex Swallow, aspiring coach and influence expert, thank you for coming to the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.